uh, Matt Mitchell was also at BYU, and uh, he is now here as one of the quality control coaches at Baylor as well. So what does that mean uh, going against BYU this Saturday? Let's get the BYU perspective on things. Welcome in the outstanding voice of the BYU Cougars. Greg Rubel joins us. Greg, how you doing this afternoon? John, I'm well. Great to be with you. You too. I appreciate it. I hope this is the first of uh, many conversations between you and I. Yeah, I think we'll be chatting and seeing each other a little more frequently here in the years to come, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. I, I am really looking forward to this game on Saturday. So many side stories, you know, and just a big game, you know, between two teams that are both 5-1 and one, playing really well. I'm just really excited about the game this week. Yeah, it's interesting. And, uh, you know, beyond the, uh, the similarities uh, with the familiarity and coaching staffs, uh, you know, Baylor's one loss was to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State uh, beat Boise State, who just turned around and, and beat BYU. So I'm not sure what to make of all that, but I really am curious to see how these two 5-1 and one teams match up on Saturday afternoon in Waco. What's the pulse out there uh, of BYU playing a Big 12 school, knowing you're going to be in the Big 12 in a couple of years? Yeah, and it's the only Big 12 school on BYU's schedule here in the next two seasons. Uh, they had UCF scheduled from 23 and 24, but um, you know that'll be a future Big 12 member, and who knows if they'll be playing each other in crossover games or whatnot. But either way, um, of, of the teams that are in the current Big 12, Baylor was the only team currently on the slate uh, this year in Waco, next year in Provo. So uh, this will actually be the start of a Big 12 rivalry that will kind of continue uninterrupted here, at least depending on the scheduling protocols. We're not sure what they're going to be, but uh, you'd think that the BYU and Baylor might be in proximity here in this in this new alignment. We'll find out about that. But, yes, this year and next, uh, BYU will get a true sneak peek into life in the Big 12, courtesy of Baylor. That's cool. And uh, tell me if I'm right, the sense I get is that BYU fans and uh, you know pretty much everybody I've heard from and talked to are really excited about becoming a member of the Big 12. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, it was a long time in coming. This was a, a long decade of independence, and it was, the, it was the best case scenario for BYU. It was the best possible resolution for BYU, let's put it that way, since leaving the Mountain West Conference was to go independent um, it, it was really something BYU was able to do. I had the ability to do ESPN's contract with BYU made it something that made a lot of sense as well. But I think ultimately the end objective was to get into a P5 conference. And finally that invitation came and BYU was ready uh, when it came. The Cougars have really uh, maintained a pretty high posture and, and a high position in terms of, you know, the national landscape of collegiate athletics and football, basketball, and the other sports. And so, when it came time for the Big 12 to make a move, you know, BYU became a pretty uh, sensible choice uh, based on what had transpired, not just in the last decade, John, but really in the decades prior. Uh, you know, BYU established itself as, as a brand, uh, particularly with football. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's a recognition there. There's history. There's a national championship back in the day. Lavelle Edwards was, of course, a very well-known name that helped to bring the football program to prominence in basketball. They, they play in the NCAA tournament very regularly. So, there were a lot of reasons to, to think that, that BYU could be a good fit in a league like the Big 12. Yeah, and Greg, you remember uh, we played out there a few years ago in basketball in the Marriott Center, and uh, what an experience that was. I mean, that's a huge arena. Isn't it like, is it 20, 24,000? And uh, it was just, it was a great experience going out there. I tell you what I remember also is right after RG3 won the Heisman and the BYU students 
uh, put up a banner, held up a banner in the stands yeah. congratulating Baylor and Robert Griffin III on winning the Heisman Trophy. Now, where else are you going to go when the opposing school congratulates you on that? Yeah, I still remember that, uh, the, the, the students unfurling that banner, and that was one of the one of the great games, really, in Marriott Center history. A tremendous finish. Uh, it was a heartbreaker for BYU, but just a great college basketball game. And, and since they've made some seating modifications, the official capacity now is just under 19,000. It had been over 23 back in the day when it was first built. But as they've uh, you know taken out some bench seats and added more and more theater seats, you're just under 19,000 right now in terms of capacity. But uh, when that place fills up, it's pretty magical. Wow, that's great. Well, that was a great memory, and I remember it. Well, that's 10 years ago, I guess, is when that was, but I remember it to this day. Uh, Greg Rubel is with us, the voice of the BYU Cougars. He's done men's basketball since 96, football since 2001, and I notice uh, you got some soccer on your resume, a lot of it since 2014, women's soccer play-by-play, um, and I'm guessing other duties as assigned. Is that right, uh, Greg? Yeah, they just added baseball this past season as well. So uh, I've had about a season and a half of baseball as well. And so we'll start doing that on a, on a pretty regular basis now once basketball wraps up every spring. Well, you know, I'll, I'll fit all the baseball games I can in during basketball season and then slide into a full-time once basketball wraps up every spring. So, yeah, those are my four sports now, football, men's basketball, women's soccer, uh, and then uh, baseball. And, uh, I, you know, speaking of the latter two sports, we already know, uh, how excited BYU is to be, you know, be playing football in the Big 12. And, and it's been talked about, you know, the Big 12 as a basketball league is going to stay excellent even without uh, Texas and OU and bringing in these four schools. It's been well documented that, uh, you know, the Big 12 will remain by many measures the top basketball league in the, in the country uh, with these new schools coming in. So those are kind of the obvious ones. But in sports like uh, women's soccer and, and baseball, there's a lot of excitement and eagerness to get in this new league and see where BYU fits. I think in women's soccer, BYU can be contending right away. And I think in baseball, they want to be one of those teams like in the mix eventually, you know, in the mix for a, you know, for, for a postseason bid. Such a great baseball league, uh, you know, with, with such tremendous talent at the top. And so uh, BYU, be, BYU will be seeking to raise its game, certainly on the diamond. And that'll be a fun uh, process to witness as well. Very cool. How about football? Uh, tough loss for you guys. I watched part of that game last Saturday against Boise State. Uh, turnovers were a factor there. Um, how deflating, I guess, was that uh, being undefeated in the top ten and drop that one to Boise State? Well, you say turnovers were a factor. They were really the mm -hmm. factor. Uh, you, you could argue the only factor. Uh, BYU outgained Boise State by more than two yards per play and punted one time. If you outgain the opponent by more than two yards per play and you punch just the one time, you expect to be winning that football game. But so many possessions ended not with, uh, with points or even punts, but with turnovers. Wow. Four turnovers and two turnovers on downs. So six empty possessions, if you will. And two were particularly damaging. Well, really four. I mean, uh, they, they, they fumbled the ball at their own 23. Short field touchdown the other way. On the ensuing kickoff, the next touch. They fumbled the ball at the 24 on the kickoff return. Short touchdown the other way. Then they fumbled inside the 20 going in. Lopini Cadella had one guy to beat on a run to the second level, and the, and, and the safety hits him, knocks the ball loose as he's got one guy to beat to get into the end zone. And that was recovered by Boise. Another point opportunity, point scoring opportunity going by the wayside. And then BYU got down to a first and goal from the three and got no points on that possession as they missed on a fourth down from the five-yard line. So, you know, I, I've called games a, a long time, John, as you have, and I don't know that I've seen a game quite like that one where it was just essentially that one factor. The, 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 the turnover margin was the game. BYU was minus four. 
Uh, and they, they hadn't seen numbers like, like minus four or three fumbles lost in a game in, in four seasons around here. And you've got to go back to, to 2009 against Florida State to find the last time BYU lost a game with an advantage of two-plus yards and yards per play. Wow. That's how rare this game was on Saturday. Tell us uh, and our listeners about Jaron Hall. It uh, looks to be really, really good at quarterback for you. Yeah, tremendous start to the season and, uh, you know, look, looked like the Jaron Hall of old uh, until the end of the Arizona State game when he uh, exacerbated an upper body injury and missed the next two starts. And then they brought him in to start this last game. And clearly they saw enough during the week to, to indicate that he was good to go, but it wasn't a typical Jaron Hall game. I mean, Jaron Hall's a guy that beats you with his legs and he had one run for minus two yards. Uh, and then there was a sack as well. So two carries, but not the kind of game you'd expect from Jaron Hall. Now, part of that is, is the fact that Boise was you know, scheming to stop Jaron from having uh, open lanes or the ability to run. So that was part of Boise's game plan. But that, al- that also being said, I think you could t- kind of tell Jaron wasn't maybe quite at full speed, good enough to play, good enough to start. But you weren't seeing the whole Jaron Hall package last week. And the hope is another week of healing. Uh, he didn't get too dinged up in that game. Another week of healing makes him more able to look more like himself because Baylor Romney remains a question mark as he went out with a concussion in the Utah State game. So, you know, they've already been down to a third quarterback uh, this year, John, and it's exactly the opposite of what Baylor's been dealing with, with great continuity uh, with Gary back there and, and the kind of continuity BYU had last year with Zach Wilson. Hmm. Uh, Zach Wilson was, was the only guy to take a meaningful snap from game one through game 12 last year. And this year, you know, five games in, they were down to three quarterbacks already. And, again, they're trying to work their way back into Jaron Hall being the starter again. And the hope is that you see more of what, you know, the full package looks like this Saturday. Greg, what do you make of the, uh, the angle of this uh, game this Saturday with Jeff Grimes being here now, was your offensive coordinator for three years, and Eric Mateos is here, and Matt Mitchell is here. Uh, you know, who, who has, if, if either team, who has an advantage um, with that coaching knowledge, you know, on both sides? Well, you know, BYU's offensive coordinator, uh, Aaron Roderick, who was Jeff Grimes' pass game coordinator and kind of a, uh, you know, he was very much a, a, a partner with Jeff in, in calling his offense last year. You know, A-Rod said that the entire operation has to be different this week. Uh, he said if we keep it the way it was, they'll know exactly what we're going to do. And, and Coach Aranda, I think, hinted at that as well, that, there has to be some adaptation just because of the familiarity. And so there has to be some expectation that things will have to look and sound a little different and who better adjusts and adapts to those changes might be one of the storylines that is uh, played out through 60 minutes on Saturday afternoon. But it is certainly an interesting uh, situation with uh, Jeff and, and Aaron Robert being so close in philosophy and in terminology and in, and an ability to, to communicate. And so that's really, again, another significant storyline, I think, on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And am I right? The, the offense really hadn't changed that much, right? It, it's the wide zone offense that Coach Grimes ran when he was there. Essentially, okay. yes. I mean, you know, there, 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 are, there, you know, there are a few things that might be unique, uh, you know, to Aaron that could show up in, in you know, places here and there. Uh, but there's, a, there's an overall philosophical um, meeting of the minds between Jeff and Aaron in terms of aggressiveness. And you're seeing that in the fourth down numbers. Uh, you know, Coach Aranda said that, you know, BYU might even be more aggressive than, than Baylor when it comes to that. Yet the numbers show, you know, BYU's gone for it seven times on fourth down, which is a decent number, but, you know, Baylor's twice that right now. Yeah. And so both these teams, I, I think, are going to put an onus, especially in the middle of the field, uh, between the 35s, 
of treating possessions as four down possessions. And it's already been a kind of a hallmark for Jeff Grimes in this first year. And it was a hallmark with Jeff Grimes at BYU and Aaron Roderick's has kind of continued, uh, you know, that, that philosophical feel into this season, but both coaches believe one thing primarily, John, that is you just can't do the things that beat yourself. And that's exactly what happened to BYU on Saturday. Uh, you know, Gary Bohannon without an INT to this point in the season, uh, very much according to those tenets of just don't do the things that beat you. And that uh, they've been excellent that way. Yeah, very good. Hey, man, it's great to visit with you. I appreciate it. Uh, safe travels, and we'll see you here. Holler if we can help with anything. And thanks for your time today. I appreciate it, Greg. Well, yeah, I'll be with you anytime you call. And my only trip to Waco previously was for a basketball game. And so my first uh, football trip there, first of, I hope, many over the years to come. And uh, really excited to get down there. I think you'll like the booth, the visiting booth at McLean Stadium. We'll have it ready for you. Greg, thanks very much. Appreciate your time. You bet. Take care. All right, thanks. That is uh, Greg Rubel, the great voice of the BYU Cougars. Baylor and BYU coming up on Saturday. Greg has been there a, uh, a long time. He's a BYU grad and has been there, as we said, doing basketball since 96 and then doing football since 2001. And we look forward to the Cougars being here to take on the Bears Saturday afternoon, 2.30 kickoff at McLean Stadium.